Welcome back and thank you for joining me. I really do appreciate you. Open up your Bible to Exodus chapter 21. The title of today's lesson is Ordinances for the People. Exodus chapter 21 and let's read. Exodus 21. These are the laws you are to set before them. If you buy a Hebrew servant, he is to serve you for six years. But in the seventh year he shall go free without paying anything. If he comes alone, he is to go free alone. If he has a wife when he comes, she is to go with him. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the woman and her children shall belong to her master. Only the man shall go free. But if the servant declares, I love my master and my wife and children, and do not want to go free, then his master must take him before the judges. He shall take him to the door or the doorpost and pierce his ear with an awl. Then he will be his servant for life. If a man sells his daughter as a servant, she is not to go free as men servants do. If she does not please the master who has selected her for himself, he must let her be redeemed. He has no right to sell her to foreigners because he has broken faith with her. If he selects her for his son, he must grant her the rights of a daughter. If he marries another woman, he must not deprive the first one of her food, clothing, and marital rights. If he does not provide her with these three things, she is to go free without any payment of money. Anyone who strikes a man and kills him shall surely be put to death. However, if he does not do it intentionally, but God lets it happen, he is to flee to a place I will designate. But if a man schemes and kills another man deliberately, take him away from my altar and put him to death. Anyone who attacks his father or his mother must be put to death. Anyone who kidnaps another and either sells him or still has him when he is caught must be put to death. Anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. If men quarrel and one hits the other with a stone or with his fist and he does not die but is confined to bed, the one who struck the blow will not be held responsible if the other gets up and walks around outside with his staff. However, he must pay the injured man for the loss of his time and see that he is completely healed. If a man beats his male or female slave with a rod and the slave dies as a direct result, he must be punished. But he is not to be punished if the slave gets up after a day or two since the slave is his property. If men who are fighting hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury, the offender must be fined whatever the woman's husband demands and the court allows. But if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. If a man hits a manservant or maidservant in the eye and destroys it, he must let the servant go free to compensate for the eye. And if he knocks out the tooth of a manservant or maidservant, he must let the servant go free to compensate for the tooth. 
If a bull gores a man or a woman to death, the bull must be stoned to death, and its meat must not be eaten. But the owner of the bull will not be held responsible. If, however, the bull has had the habit of goring, and the owner has been warned but has not kept it penned up, and it kills a man or a woman, the bull must be stoned, and the owner also must be put to death. However, if payment is demanded of him, he may redeem his life by paying whatever is demanded. This law also applies if the bull gores a son or daughter. If the bull gores a male or female slave, the owner must pay thirty shekels of silver to the master of the slave, and the bull must be stoned. If a man uncovers a pit or digs one and fails to cover it, and an ox or a donkey falls into it, the owner of the pit must pay for the loss. He must pay its owner, and the dead animal will be his. If a man's bull injures the bull of another and it dies, they are to sell the live one and divide both the money and the dead animal equally. However, if it was known that the bull had the habit of goring, yet the owner did not keep it penned up, the owner must pay, animal for animal, and the dead animal will be his. The last time we were together, God gave the Ten Commandments and gave more of the 613 laws that he was going to give to Israel. Now we are in chapter 21 and it is a continuation from chapter 20 as God is giving more laws. Now we start at verse 1 where God is giving ordinances. Look at verse 1. Now these are the ordinances which you are to set before them. Then the Lord gives a command and what to do if they were to buy a Hebrew slave. We look at this in verses two through six. If you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall serve for six years. But on the seventh, he shall go out as a free man without payment. If he comes alone, he shall go out alone. If he is the husband of a wife, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall belong to her master and he shall go out alone. But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, my children, I will not go as a free man. Then his master shall bring him to God. Then he shall bring him to the door or the doorpost and his master shall pierce his ear with an awl and he shall serve him permanently now the word slave hebrew 5650 ebed means servant i want to point this out because when most people particularly americans hear the word slave their mind goes to the atlantic slave trade that started in west africa to south america and later to north america but the word actually means a servant I want us to keep that in mind here on out when we hear that word. Now, let's look at what the Lord says should be done in this situation. One, he said, he says that the servant shall serve for six years. Look at verse two. If you buy Hebrew slave, he shall serve for six years. After six years, he was to go as a free man. Now, this was not supposed to be a lifetime sentence like it was for the Israelites when they were in Egypt. Number two, 
he said that the man shall leave alone unless he is already married. Look at verse three. If he comes alone, he shall go out alone. If he is the husband of a wife, then his wife shall go out with him. If a man was already married when he went into servitude, then when the six years were up, his wife went with him. Number three. But if his master gave him a wife, she and any children had to stay. Let's look at verse four again. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall belong to her master and he shall go out alone. Next, we see that the servant had a choice if he wanted to leave or stay. Look at verse five. If the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out as a free man. Notice he was not forced out. He had he had to choose to stay. Uh, he had a choice to stay if he had and his family were treated well. He had a choice if he wanted to stay or not. And could announce that he loved his wife, kids, employer, and wasn't going anywhere. Why would he want to stay with a man and be a slave? You know, that's my question. Like we mentioned earlier, he was there to pay a debt or needed employment. And if he was treated with dignity, uh, why wouldn't he want to stay? So the point being here is, is that the reason why he would want to stay is because he was treated fairly, not because he was treated very brutally. Now, the ritual to serve his master permanently, we see that in verse six. Verse six says, let me back up a little bit to verse five. I will not go out as a free man. Then his master shall bring him to God. Then he shall bring him to the door or the doorpost. And his master shall pierce his ear with an awl and he sh shall serve him permanently. So the sign that you would serve your master permanently was for him to have his ear pierced with an awl. Hebrew 4836, which is a boring tool. Now, this was probably a way for others to see that he gave his word to serve a man for life. Next, we see what to do if a man sells his daughter as a servant. Look at verses 7 through 11. If a man sells his daughter as a female slave, she is not to go free as the male slaves do. If she is displeasing in the eyes of her master who designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. He does not have authority to sell her to a foreign people because of his unfairness to her. If he designates her for his son, he shall deal with her according to the custom of daughters. If he takes to himself another woman, he may not reduce her food, her clothing, or her conjugal rights. If he will not do these three things for her, then she shall go out for nothing without payment of money. For us fathers, you know, this sounds unthinkable to sell your daughter into servitude. But unfortunately, times like these call for desperate measures. Now, the prophet Nehemiah also talked about this. Turn to Nehemiah chapter five. OK, we got it. Nehemiah chapter five. And we're going to look at verse five. Now, our flesh is like the flesh of our brothers. Our children like their children. Yet behold, we are forcing our sons and our daughters to be slaves. And some of our daughters are forced into bondage already. And we are helpless because our fields and vineyards belong to others. So sometimes to get out of debt, a man had 
to force his children into these situations. Now there, now, there are some things I would like to point out about selling your daughter into slavery. Number one, she was not to go free as the males. Look at verse seven. She is not to go free as the males do. Number two, if she is, if she is displeasing, she is to be redeemed and not sold to a foreigner. Look at verse eight. If she is displeasing in the eyes of her master who designated her for himself, then she should, then he shall let her be redeemed. He does not have authority to sell her to a foreign people because of his unfairness to her. Number three, if he gives her to his son, she was to be treated as a daughter. Look at verse nine. If he designates her for his son, she shall, he shall deal with her according to the custom of daughters. Number four, if he takes another woman, he cannot reduce her rights. Let's look at verse 10. If he takes to himself another woman, he may not reduce her food, her clothing, or her conjugal rights. And we see, in, oh, I'm sorry, and then number five, if he doesn't do these three rights, then she is to go free. Look at verse 11. If he will not do these three things for her, then she should go out for nothing without payment of money. Now, we will deal with personal injuries. If a man strikes another, he shall be put to death. And we see this in verses 12 through 14. He who strikes a man that he dies shall surely be put to death. But if he did not lie in wait for him, but God let him fall into his hand, then I will appoint you a place to which he may flee. If, however, a man acts presumptuously towards his neighbor, so as to kill him craftily, you are to take him even from my altar that he may die. We see here God is talking about murder, not killing. Okay, look at verse 13. If he did not lie in wait for him. But God let him fall into his hands. Then we see uh, what God is saying. And when we look at verse 14, look at verse 14 one more time. If however a man acts presumptuously towards his neighbor so as to kill him craftily, you are to take him even from my altar that he may die. You see, God is talking about a man lying in wait. Example. If God let an enemy who you are at war with walk in your path, then you were in the clear. But if you were waiting in the bush for a man you had a disagreement with, then that is murder. You were to be put to death. Next, we look at children and parents. Look at verse 15. He who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. I think that's pretty straightforward. Next, we look at kidnappers. Look at verse 16. He who kidnaps a man, whether he sells him or he is found in his possession, shall surely be put to death. Now, we need to note that just because it says a man, the Lord is not excluding women and children. Next, we look at cursing of parents. Verse 17. He who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. The word curse, Hebrew 7043, means to be of little account. Now, this particular command has has some debate over it, uh, what it means to curse your father or, mo or mother. According to Hebrew grammar, 
This word is in the Pael stem and seems to mean if a child aggressively desired harm on his parents or did not care for her parents, then they were to be executed. Next, we look at what happens if a man strikes another. Look at verses 18 and 19. If men have a quarrel and one strikes the other with a stone or with his fist and he does not die but remains in bed, if he gets up and walks around outside on his staff, then he who struck him shall go unpunished. He shall only pay for his loss of time and shall take care of him until he is completely healed. We see here that if two men have a fight and one hurts the other by weapon or hand, then he will have to pay the injured man for his time lost at work. Here's an example. If the injured man made $12 an hour and worked 40 hours a week, then he had to miss two months of work because of his injuries, then the other man will owe him $3,840. Then the man who caused the injury would also be responsible for making sure the injured man made it to any medical appointments, made sure his housework was done and help him with any other needs that the man may have. So that's what he would have to do for the man he injured. Now, next we see what happens if a man strikes his uh, servant or slave. Look at verses 20 and 21. If a man strikes his male or female slave with a rod and he dies at his hand, he shall be punished. If, however, he survives a day or two, no vision shall be taken for he is his property. We need to remember two things here. Number one. A man or woman who sold themselves into slavery were the property of the man for whatever the agreed upon time frame was. Number two, this was a law God gave to Israel. This has nothing to do with slavery from A.D. Uh, 1000 to the year 2021 A.D. Next, we see what happens if a pregnant woman was harmed by two men in the scuffle. We see this in verses 22 through 25. If men struggle with each other and strike a woman with child so that she has a miscarriage, yet there is no further injury, he shall surely be fined as the woman's husband may demand of him, and he shall pay as the judges decide. But if there is any further injury, then he shall appoint as a penalty life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. We see here if a pregnant woman was harmed in an altercation she had nothing to do with, then the two men responsible would be fined by the woman's husband. Notice it does not say they will be fined by her boyfriend, but by her husband. Just saying. But if the woman or child were killed or injured, then the men had to pay in the same way. Let's look at verses 24 through 25 again. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand. Foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. I am not sure, but I believe both men had to pay this price. Now, we see what happens if a man strikes his servant. Look at 26 and 27. If a man strikes the eye of his male or female slave and destroys it, he shall let him go free on account of his eye. If he knocks out a tooth of his male or female slave, he shall let him go free on account of his tooth. These verses uh, do not in any way justify that it is okay for a man to physically harm his servant or slave. But if he did, then he had to let them go free. 
Now, what does it mean by go free? Remember, a man or woman were in servitude usually for about seven years. So if this incident happened in year four, then he or she was to go, was to go and not serve the other three years. Next, we see what happens if a man's ox was out of control. We see this in verses 28 through 32. If an ox gores a man or a woman to death, the ox shall surely be stoned and its flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall go unpunished. If, however, an ox was previously in the habit of goring and its owner had been warned, yet he does not confine it and it kills a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned and its owner also shall be put to death. If a ransom is demanded of him, then he shall give for the redemption of his life whatever is demanded of him. Whether it gores a son or a daughter, it shall be done to him according to the same rule. If the ox gores a male or female slave, the owner shall give his or her master 30 shekels of silver and the ox shall be stoned. Uh, now, there are a few things that we want to point out here. Number one, verse 28. If the ox somehow got loose and had never harmed another human, then it was to be stoned to death and the meat could not be used for food and the owner would go unpunished. In other words, this was an accident. Number two, we look at verse 29 again. Which says, however, if an ox was previously in the habit of goring and its owner has been warned, yet he does not confine it and it kills a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned and its owner also shall be put to death. If an ox had actually attacked a man or woman before and its owner does not keep it confined, then he and the animal shall be put to death. This is one of the laws that I wish existed here in the United States. Why, why do I say that? Because I have heard stories about vicious dogs that have brutally attacked children, men and women, and the owner has pretty much gone unpunished. In some of these cases, it was not the first time that the animal had attacked someone. And I have always felt if the owner cannot contain his or her animal, then they should pay the price with it. Number three, we look at we look at verse 30. If a ransom is demanded of him, then he shall give for the redemption of his life, whatever is demanded of him. This would be our version of suing someone. We saw in verse 29 that the owner would be put to death with his animal. But if the other party offered a ransom and the owner could pay it, then his life was spared. Kind of how they do in court. when you hear people talking about we're going to do an out of, out of court settlement. That's kind of what this is here. Number four. Let's look at verse 31 again. Whether it gores a son or a daughter, it shall be done to him according to the same rule. This just clears up that children were held in the same esteem as their parents. Number five. Now, if a servant, if a servant was gored, then the owner had to pay 30 shekels of silver for his servant being gored. Next, we see what happens if a man opens a pit and is negligent. We see this in verses 33 through 34. If a man opens a pit or digs a pit and does not cover it over and an ox or donkey falls into it, the owner of the pit shall make restitution. He shall give money to his owner and the dead animal shall become his. Example. I am, I, let's say I am digging a pit big enough for an animal to fall in and die. 
if this happens, I am to pay the animal's owner for the animal and the dead animal in the pit now becomes my responsibility to get rid of. This was so people would not be irresponsible and leave a pit uncovered so a person or animal could fall in and be injured or worse. Now we see what happens if an ox attacks another. Attacks another ox. Let's look at verses 35 through 36. If one man's ox hurts another so that it dies, then they shall sell the live ox and divide its price equally. And so they shall divide the dead ox. Sorry. And they also shall divide the dead ox. Or if it is known that the ox was previously in the habit of goring, yet its owner has not confined it, he shall surely pay ox for ox and the dead animal shall become his. These are the things that were to happen if a man's ox attacked another. Number one, they were to sell the living ox and split the price. So if my ox attacked another man's ox, they had to sell mines and we had to split the price. Number two, they were to divide the dead ox. So they would divide the, the dead ox up and then you can do whatever you want to do with it. Number three, if this ox was known for attacking other animals, then the responsible owner had to pay the full price for a new ox and the dead ox becomes his responsibility to get rid of. In other words, if my ox has been known for attacking other people's uh, other people's animals, then this now becomes my responsibility. I have to pay the full price and get rid of the dead ox. All right, that brings us to the end of Exodus chapter 21. That's all for now. God bless. train a coming you don't need no baggage you just get on board all you need is faith to hear the dealers humming don't need no ticket you just thank the Lord